Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, December the 1st. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to discuss a very competitive nine-game NBA main slate. All three uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo have their main slate locking at 7 p.m. Eastern with all nine games, so that is a big plus. Um, in Excited to go over this, and we're going to go through it and get on it so everybody has plenty of time to review the podcast and, and start building their lineups. Uh, great day today, though. We're bringing in December, today being December 1st, with two contests. One is going to be on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, all you have to do to qualify to be in the contest to win one free week full access membership to Coach Talk is you hit the thumbs up button. If you're not uh, subscribed, hit the subscribe button. And then below, just put some type of comment, question, anything you want. Put it doing those three things enter you, enters you in a drawing at 6 p.m. Eastern today for that week membership. So it's this contest is just for today. Uh, also, we're doing a, the, a similar thing on Twitter. We have a one-week uh, contest giveaway for uh Coach Talk membership as well. All you have to do there is like, retweet, and when you retweet, quote the tweet with a comment, something about Coach Talk, whatever. If you do those three things also, then you will be entered into that contest. So we'll have two lucky winners today, and uh, hopefully uh, catching this podcast, you'll you'll know to keep an eye out, and you can uh, jump in those and hopefully become uh, part of our family here at Coach Talk. All right. We are going to dive into this pretty quickly here. If you want to become a member now, uh, even before the contests, or if you don't win the contest, then you want to join, just go to dfscoachtalk.com, and uh, there you go. You can sign up. We have all kinds of different memberships uh, that you can join with. All right, here we go. We're diving in. No playing around today. We've got nine games, very competitive slate. Absolutely love this slate, by the way. So I'm excited to go over uh, it with you. All right, first game. Uh, it's the Denver Nuggets and the Orlando Magic. Denver favored by eight and a half. It's a 207 and a half uh, total. 108 implied for Denver and only 99.5 implied for Orlando. Denver comes in at 10 and 10. Orlando is four and 18. Injuries, you've got a questionable tag, which is important on Jermichael Green. Jeff Green is in. It's Jermichael Green that's questionable. Out is Highland, Murray, and Rivers. Uh, for Orlando, they get Cole Anthony back today, one of my favorites. He's back in the lineup, but they still have five guys out. MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Moore, and Suggs joins the list. So let's talk about this game a little bit. It's slow total with 207 and a half, but there are some possible plays here. Uh, I would say, you know, let's talk about the Joker right off the jump uh, here. He's 11-8, which is a lot uh, on a nine-game slate when you're trying to, you know, get a solid lineup in there. Um, you know, it's hard to spend all the way up, but there are some great value plays throughout the slate, and I'm sure more will open up as the day goes on. So the Joker certainly squared and played 11-8. Uh, you know, the only concerns are, does the game blow out? Certainly Orlando uh, undermanned. And, uh, you know, that would be one concern. 
Uh, Jermichael Green, if he does miss, I think that elevates the Joker a little bit. Maybe he gets a couple extra minutes where Jermichael would be backing him up. Um, but it also brings Jeff Green in play even more. I think Jeff Green at 4-8 is a great value play. Should get solid minutes. If Jermichael sits, it'll even help more. And, uh, you know, he has definitely has the potential to go 7-8x uh, with that number, uh, especially if the game stays close enough long enough. Uh, other than that, you know, I think Gordon Barton's prices are up uh, six, seven for Gordon, seven, three for Barton. Still fair, but not not sure that I would run there. Cole Anthony at seven, nine, first game back from being injured. I don't know if there'll be restrictions on him. So he's certainly their best player and has been smashing it all year. Just I'm going to steer, though, uh, unfortunately. I want to see a game <clears throat> unless I hear it's just completely no minutes restriction at all. but. You would think a, a strong young player like that, they're not going to want to uh, really, you know, create issues that could cause more problems down the road. So very, uh, you know, unsure there. The only guys I'd look at at all here would be Wendell Carter at 6'3", or Mo Bamba at 6'5". Their prices are, are now good. Uh, they're much better than they were as far as, you know, being able to get at least one of them in the lineup. Carter's been consistently solid making his number. I think he's been underpriced most of the year. But again, not my favorite game. And certainly with that low of a total, you don't want to uh, jump on that too much. What I will say from a statistical analysis, uh, D Denver is 28th in pace, Orlando 7th. So it is a pace up game uh, for the Nuggets. Uh, offensive efficiency, 15th and 29th respectively. And the thing that makes you, you know, consider a guy or two here is defensive efficiency for these two teams is not great at all. Denver 19 and Orlando 26. So definitely a lower total than you'd expect with those numbers. All right. Second game, seven o'clock, Atlanta, Indiana. Indiana by one, 217 and a half total, 108.25 implied for Atlanta, 109.25. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the Atlanta comes in at 11 and 10. Denver is 9 and 14. Injuries here, you've got, you know, one that's that could be a, uh, an issue for sure and shuffle the rotation a bit. Uh, Cam Reddish is questionable. So we do need that news. That would help a lot uh, with solidifying who's going to get those big minutes in the rotation because Bogdanovich and Hunter are out. So they are definitely shorthanded on the wing uh, position. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. The big news for Indiana is Miles Turner is questionable. So, you know, again, that creates uh, some question. Justin Holliday and TJ Warren are also out. So, you know, we look at this rotation of what it looks like. Uh, you know, you've got Trey Young at 9-8 with Brogdon defense. I'm not interested in that. Really, Kevin Herter, to me, could be a great play at 4-4 if Reddish sits, for sure. If Reddish plays, then it does, you know, really hurt the Herter and Reddish combo. Gallinari should get a decent amount of time uh, at 4-2. He could be a really good play. Uh, Solomon Hill will also probably be in the rotation with them being shorthanded. He's a dead man at 3K, but I, I'm, I'm really not interested there. Uh, uh, Collins is, you know, up and down, but it's 6'9". He's not a bad play 
whatsoever. Capella, they've just priced up too high for my liking at 8.5. On the Indiana side, you have Brogdon at 7.7, I think is a fair price. He's come down and certainly could smash here. I think he'll get more minutes than he has been getting. Uh, Duarte uh, at 4K is also another, I think, terrific value play. With uh, some of those wings down and injured, uh, he should get some decent run, and he's proven that he can uh, get to his number and only needing to get to 20 uh, DFS points to get to uh, value is pretty amazing when there are games early in the season here where he's had real points uh, well over that. So definitely uh, in play for me. I think Sabonis is a terrific play, especially if Turner sits. When he uh, dominates you know, the middle and plays center, I know they'll give Goga Batazzi some time, but when Turner's down, Sabonis' usage and rebound percentage, everything jumps up a little bit. Uh, and Sabonis at 9-4 would be uh, a go-to guy for me if Turner uh, is sitting. But uh, we will look look for that news uh, definitely as the day goes on. Statistically speaking, you've got Atlanta 16th in pace and Indiana 13th. So they're pretty much right in the middle of the road. Uh, Atlanta's been very offensively efficient at third in the league, Indiana 18th. Defensively, Atlanta's down at 22, so that's a little boost for Indiana. Indiana has snuck up to 12, so their defense is improving a bit. But I like this game. I'm definitely going to have some exposure, and this is one of the games uh, thus far that has some of the best value, uh, in my opinion. All right, game three. We've got the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Washington Wizards, also a 7 o'clock start. Washington is favored by three and a half. It's a 215 and a half total. 106 implied for Minnesota, 109 and a half for the Washington Wizards. So this is an intriguing game. Uh, Minnesota comes in at 11 and 10, so they've scratched their way back to over 500. Washington's slowing down a bit, but they're 13 and eight, uh, still a very respectable team. Injuries, important news here. Anthony Edwards questionable, which really impacts the usage on this team. And also Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt is questionable. So uh, with Jaden McDaniels being questionable as well, and Patrick Beverly already being ruled out, certainly longer minutes for the main guys with this squad. You're going to get big minutes. If all these guys are out, Russell, uh, Beasley, Towns, all major players, uh, three real major players. Uh, Torian Prince will probably get a decent amount of run as well. So big injury news for Minnesota that we have to watch. Nothing new on the horizon for Washington. Bryant and Hashimura remain out. Everybody else should be in their regular rotation. So as I say, you know, D'Angelo Russell, 8-4, if Edwards is out, really becomes a strong play. Um, if Jared Vanderbilt sits, you can look at Beasley at 4-5. And then you may have Jaden McDaniel sit as well, which would bring Torian Prince in play at 3-1. So, you know, you can always go up to Cat, who's a reasonable 9-5. He was over 10 for quite a while. So there's a lot of play here on this Minnesota side all dependent on the news, because if all of those guys are in, I don't want anybody. 
if uh, most of them are out, I, I could roster as many, believe it or not, as three guys from this team, uh, but probably two. Um, so we just need to see the news there. This could be a key game definitely on the slate. On the Wizards side, we're going to get more of the regular. You know, you, you've got Dinwiddie at six, which is a very fair price. I think he's in play. Beal at a nine, a flat 9K, uh, certainly can be in consideration, uh, especially with the fact that there's, you know, there's no Pat Bev a defense to harass any of the guards there, either one of them. So I like, I like them both. Kuzma at 6-2 is fair, and I'm tired of trying to play that guessing game with Gafford at 4-8 and Harrell at 5-7. I'm just not a guy to play timeshare positions. So I like, I love the guards. I think Kuzma's in play as well. And if uh, the chips fall where a bunch of these uh, T-Wolves are out, I could easily come out with three or four guys from this game at this 215.5 total because I think it just fits perfectly. All right. Statistically speaking, I don't think uh, we discussed that. Minnesota fourth in pace, uh, which is terrific pace up for Washington. Washington's only 22nd, so that does hurt the Minnesota side a bit. Uh, as far as offensive efficiency, Minnesota 22, Washington 17. Uh, defensive efficiency is a bit of a concern, and that's why you know, the stacking thing here is a little scary, but Minnesota's sixth and Washington is 14th. Now, Washington was in the top 10, so they're definitely sinking down. Um, and again, we just need to see what it's going to look like uh, once the injury designations are solidified. All right. We move to the 730 segment. We have two 730 games. The first one is Cleveland Cavaliers and Miami Heat. Miami's minus seven. It's a scant 204 and a half total. Cleveland only 98.75 and the Miami Heat 105.75. So definitely a step back here. Cleveland comes in at 11 and 10. One of the surprises of the league. Uh, Miami is 13 and eight. Uh, for Cleveland, Jetty Osmond and Dean Wade both out. For Miami, we have all kinds of news we have to find out here. It's going to be one of those crunch times down to the wire again, figuring out lineups. But we have Hero Probable, and then Bam, Jimmy Butler, and Deadman, all questionable. So that's all news that you have to have before you really break down this game. We know Morris and Oladipo are already out. So... Again, you know, it makes it so tough not having that heat news. But on the Cleveland side, you know, Garland at 7-4 against that tough heat defense is a little tough. Okoro hasn't shown up yet. Uh, Marking in at 6K would be a decent place if Butler and Bam were out and the defense was not nearly as strong. But, you know, again, we need to know that news. Mobley's fared 6-5. Jared Allen's up to 8-1. So he's gotten a lot more expensive than Mobley now, but he's playing better. Uh, so again, Rubio at 6-1 you can talk about, but let's find out who's in and out for Miami. And then on the Miami side, same thing. If, if we have a ton of guys out, then all of a sudden Lowry at 7-6, even Duncan Robinson at 4-7. Those guys become really solid plays. If the whole slew of them out, then you can start looking at Gabe Vincent at 4-2, maybe a Kalen Martin at 3-7, or 
or even a Max Struess at, at 4K. So again, all of that depended on the news. So we're not going to waste time until we know what that is. Cleveland's a 19th pace, Miami 23rd. As far as offensive efficiency, we've got Cleveland at 24th and Miami at 6th. Uh, offensively, or I'm sorry, defensively, though, these teams have both been lacing it up. Would you believe, believe Cleveland's ninth in the league in defense? Miami is 11th. So both tough defensively. Um, Cleveland has statistically been more consistent defensively uh, all season. So they're doing a fantastic job. So not, not a go-to game unless the injury designations pan out to where certain guys are out. If everybody's in for both teams just about with this low a total and this good a defense, you know, it could end up being a pass game. So it could be roster three guys from this game if the injury injured guys sit to uh, no, no roster whatsoever of anybody from this game. So it's that important of news. All right, next game, the other 730 game, Philadelphia 76ers, Boston Celtics. Boston minus four, 210 and a half is the total. You've got a implied total of 103.25 for Philly, 107.25 for the Boston Celtics. Philadelphia comes into this game at 11 and 10, exactly the same as Boston, 11 and 10. So the fact that uh, both of these teams with injuries and all the crazy stuff going on with that and COVID and everything else have both managed to stay above 500, which is good. As far as guys out, pretty easy here. Nothing for Philly, Riller and Simmons still, but their regular rotation is back intact. We have a questionable tag on Jalen Brown, which of course we know is extremely important because that affects all the usage on that entire team. So we need that news uh, as far as the Boston side goes. Tyrese Maxey at 7K, a fair price, but he's probably going to get some Marcus Smart uh, torture there a little bit. Uh, Curry up and down, more of a GPP play at 5-2. Danny Green's back in there. Don't trust him. You got two solid guys in Tobias Harris at 8 and Joel Embiid at 10-7, both playable. Um, but one or the other, uh, you know, and they've been inconsistent as well. Uh, off the bench, now that they got the full squad back, it, it definitely bumps back guys like Thibel and Corkmaz and Milton and Yang. I mean, they're pretty deep now, out of nowhere. Drummond off the bench, Isaiah Joe. So they've sat a bunch of guys this year, and, you know, that will pay off for them down the down the, the road. Um, from the Boston side, we have um, – Marcus Smart at 6'2", a little too pricey for me. Uh, if Jalen Brown sits, I like Jason Tatum at 10-3. Um, I think he's a great play. If uh, if he plays, uh, then that's just too much of a price for me uh, on a big slate like this. Al Horford's been crazily inconsistent. He has definitely stung me a few times this year. I don't like him, especially with Robert Williams being back at 5'8". Um, five, eight's a great price for Robert Williams. We all know he can smash that number, but we also know that he can tweak something, uh, and be out. So I'm a little cautious there as far as Robert Williams goes until we see a consistency of him being back. Um, after that, you've got, you know, Dennis Schroeder, uh, who's been solid at times. You know, we have to make sure we have enough minutes. If Brown sits, Schroeder, uh, becomes much more in play for me. 
Uh, if you want to really go deep, Josh Richardson and 3-9 is not out of the question. As far as pace this game, two slow teams, 26th and 21st. Uh, again, that's probably why the number's only 210. And then you've got offensive efficiency, ninth for Philly, only 20th for Boston. And then defensively, Philly, unbelievably, only is 20th in the league in defense, uh, which they were top five all of last year. But they haven't had him beat a bunch, Tobias Harris very much, Danny Green very much. I mean, all their key guys have been out. So even though they're ranked uh, like 20th, uh, they're more of a top 10 defense with that full team back. On the Boston side, they're 10th in the league in defense. So they have definitely improved. Um, and I think that they're going to continue to get better. I apologize if you hear a dog barking in the background. I am uh, at some family's house, and uh, we have a big boxer here that does not want to be quiet. You be quiet, young man. You're going to get in trouble. Oh, no. All right. So uh, that is it for the Philly-Boston game. We go on to the 8 o'clock group of games, which were there are three of them. We have the Charlotte Hornets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's favored by eight. It's a 230 over-under. Can you believe that? When have we seen a 230 total? So everybody and their mother and grandmother and everybody else is going to be diving on this game and stacking this game out of their ears. I don't know about that. I definitely like some guys here, and that number creates a tremendous amount of DFS points but uh, and possibilities and possessions. So let's discuss it a little bit. Uh, Milwaukee, again, favored by eight. So it's, you know, there's always a chance of that going to a, you know, big blowout type scenario, but not likely. Charlotte, a 111 implied and Milwaukee, a 119. Have not seen that combination uh, that high much of the year. Um, we've got uh, Charlotte at 13 and 10, Milwaukee at 13 and 8. They bounce back after that uh, rough start. Injuries, uh, we've got uh, Cody Martin out for, for Charlotte and Mason Plumley. Milwaukee has Noara probable, and then the, the regular threesome of DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Ojale out. But all the other big guns are in for both teams, and again, that's a big reason why uh, this game has such a huge number. Um couple things. LaMelo Ball, 10-4. Too high for me with Drew Holiday defense. That's simple. Now, if he breaks the slate, fine. I'm not going to go there with that type of defense and that price. Terry Rozier, more reasonable at 7-2. Gordon Hayward's been very inconsistent, believe it or not, at 6-3. Miles Bridges, tough at 7-8, but not with Giannis patrolling the paint, in my opinion. I don't trust P.J. Washington, but some people will at that 5-1 number. Kelly Oubre has done us right at 5-4, but when they're at full tilt with their rotation, uh, it gets a little bit tough to get him in there. Jalen McDaniels uh, has been uh, decent at times at 3-1, but more of a GPP shot. On the Milwaukee side, you've got Holiday at a fair price of 6-9. You've got Chris Middleton also at 7-4, very fair. Then you got the big gigantic number of Giannis at 12-1. So yes, that's a monster number, but certainly has to be considered as one of the pay-up guys. You know, if you're going to pay up somewhere, 
instead of maybe paying up for two guys, you pay up for Giannis and then go over, uh, you know, a couple value plays and then finish out with a mid-level build. But Giannis has to be considered in this game with this, with this kind of pace and these two teams that aren't defending real well uh, right now, especially Charlotte, uh, Giannis is in play. Porta's still at a fair price at 6'8", and then you've got a decent amount of uh, bench guys that are coming in. I can't believe DeMarcus Cousins is going to be part of that bench group. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's not quite ready, I don't think, for this game, but he, he should be for the next one. All right, as far as statistically speaking in this game, Charlotte 2 and Milwaukee 5 in pace. That is exciting news right there. I do have a wrench to throw into this, though. This is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Milwaukee. There's only three teams, two on a first night and one on a second night. Milwaukee's one of those teams. We know Coach Bud is not from the school of Coach Thibodeau where he's going to play his guys. He's going to try to rest them when he can, not overextend them. That does take a, a, a notch out of you know my love for the Bucs here so in this game. But, you know, we'll, we'll look at it. Um, as far as offensive efficiency, obviously both teams know how to score the ball. They're 7th and 11th. Charlotte's all the way down to 27th in defense. Another reason to like the Bucs. Uh, the Bucs are up to 7th. So they have really tightened the screws in the last seven or eight games, uh, holding teams down. Great game. Um, tough call. Not, not any just plug and place to me. I mean, you know, Giannis is priced right. He should be 12K plus, uh, but certainly in play there. I certainly am going to have exposure to this game, but it's I'm not going 2v2 here, or some people may even go 3-2, and two, whatever. And I get it. I mean, it's 230 total, but I think I'm going to tread a little lightly because both teams have pretty full lineups of healthy guys that are going to be sharing usage and minutes. All right, we go to uh, the second 8 o'clock game. It's the Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City favored by three. 214 total, 105.5 implied for Houston. 108.5 implied uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Houston comes in at 4-16. and 16, The Thunder at 6-14. and 14, So combining uh, 10 for 30. Not strong teams, but we know super young teams. Uh, even though they're young, they have some guys out. Augustine, Garuba, Green, Jalen Green, and John Wall out for Houston. Muscala questionable for Oklahoma City. The big man favors and Kenrich Williams out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So a couple guys out helps the case here a bit. Not the worst total in the world either. Uh, you've got Kevin Porter at 7-4. I think he's always playable when Green is out, especially. Eric Gordon at 5-1 is a nice value as well. He can get up a bunch of shots. But, you know, the question is, does this game stay close? And do he, does either team really want to win it? Because the higher the pick, the better for these two teams in the draft. Now, you would think from a competitive standpoint, and it's such a long season, they're only two games separated in the win column. Now, I think they play hard this game. I think they try to win it. I mean, especially the Thunder in, the, with, in front of their home fans. They always sell out that place. And so I think it'll be, you know, a competitive enough, close enough game that you could roster some guys here. 
and there's good prices. Um, Christian Woods, 8-9, which isn't bad, considering he can have, you know, monster games on any given day. Uh, off the bench, they have a lot of options. They're going pretty deep. Zhen Goon is 4-2, which isn't bad. Um, you know, I, I say, you know, really Porter, Gordon, and Wood are the three main targets for Houston. On the Thunder side, Shea at 8-3, certainly in play here. Uh, you know, he's sat some games, but when he plays, he plays decent minutes and he's a good DFS points per minute guy. Same as Josh Giddy, 6'6", uh, potential triple-double kind of guy, but he definitely excels when Shea is out. Uh, so Giddy is not going to probably make my cut today, but I'll tell you, every time you see Shea get uh, sit, uh, you know, get Josh in there because he plays point and he's got a great eye. He passes the ball very well. I think he's he's a strong player, a triple-double potential. Lou Dort at 5-6 remains fair. If you catch him on the right day, he'll go 7-8x. Uh, sometimes he goes 3x, though. So a little more scary of a play, but at 5-6, maybe worth a shot. Uh, Darius Baisley, who I was on early in the season, he's all the way down to 4-8 because he's been super inconsistent, and they've been playing a million guys. Um, JRE, Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 4-4. He's had several 20-plus point. DFS Knights. So at that price, I think he is actually rosterable. The problem is, here's the group of guys that have been getting minutes on and off. Pokashevsky, Mann, Jerome, Muscala, who's questionable, Roby, Aaron Wiggins, Teo Maladone. So they're playing a lot of young guys. But I think, you, you know, you really could go with Shea, Dort, uh, and JRE. The, that group of the three would be who I'd select from uh, in rostering somebody. The good thing about this game that makes it even more playable is Houston's the fastest paced team in the league. The Thunder's ninth. So you've got two young teams, nothing to lose, fast pace, very, very tempting. Problem is, even though they, they're fast paced, neither of these young teams have figured out how to score the ball at all. These two teams are 27th and dead last for the Thunder. Uh, these, you know, as far as offensive efficiency goes. Defensively, uh, they're both trying. Uh, you got to give the coaches credit. They're trying to set a foundation of you got to play some D. Houston, a respectable 18th, and the Thunder the same, 15th right dead in the middle. So interesting game, definitely going to have some exposure. Uh, I think it's got a little bit more potential than people are going to give it credit for. All right, we've got two games left. We have an 8 o'clock, the third 8 o'clock, and then we've got a completely solo game at 10.30. Starts two and a half hours after any game closest to it. So talk about a late-night sweat game. There's no doubt about that one. Dallas Mavericks and Pelicans. Dallas minus three. They're playing like dog doo-doo. Uh, totals 214, 108.5. Uh, implied for Dallas, 105.5 for the New Orleans Pelicans. As far as uh, records go, Dallas uh, shrinking 10-9. and nine. They've lost, I believe, five in a row, something in that area. Pelicans are 6-17. and 17. Um, Injuries, Porzingis, you know, hangnail plus a tweak something. I mean, it's just, it's always something. He's questionable. I doubt he plays. 
you know, he's he just doesn't suit it up. If he does, he does. I'm not playing him regardless. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein out. Frank Nulikina still out. Uh, nothing different. Same two guys, Luzada, Zion, Cheeseburgers, Williams, Williamson still out. So this game, how does it stack up? Luca, is that your payup guy today? Maybe, maybe this is the game. He's 11-6. If Porzingis sits especially, not that it has a massive effect on uh, Luca's numbers, but, uh, you know, this could be the game. He's gotten a lot of chatter on social media about how bad his plus-minus is. Uh, he's, I think, worse than the league, to be honest with you. Uh, I know Kemba Walker was close to him, but I don't know what's go going on here. But for some reason, when he's on the floor, uh, the Mavericks can't defend and they get outscored. So uh, either teams have figured out a little bit better how to defend him or how to create uh, mismatches on the other side of the floor. But I know he's hearing that chatter and he is a very competitive individual. So I know, again, this isn't Homer talk. You guys know me and gals know me well enough. I do a ton of fading of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, but in this situation, Luca at 11-6 is somebody that I'm definitely going to consider. I think that, uh, you know, I know it's a high price, but 11-6 is something that uh, I think is doable because there's a million value plays on this, on this car. Risky for sure. I don't think he'll be super high owned because he's, really stung people a lot this year, but let's consider. Uh, if Porzingis is out, guys like Hardaway Jr. at 5'5 five, five become more playable. Brunson at 5K, certainly. Uh, Got to look at those two guys. You know, the rest of it, it's just a big mixture of guys playing. I wouldn't go there other than maybe a GPP with the other guys. Pelicans, you know, Brandon Ingram at 7-5, not a bad play. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith will guard him, so his defense is pretty solid. So not a plug-and-play, but not out of the question either. You've got their guards are both price fair, and Devontae Graham at 4-6, Josh Hart at 5-5, five, five, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker off the bench at 4-6. Any of those guys uh, definitely have the potential to hit their number. If you want to go even cheaper, Herbert Jones has been getting good run at 3-8, showing signs of hitting his number at times. Again, there's so much value on this slate, it's it's almost shocking. Uh, Joval at 9-2, certainly in play here. You know, we attacked the bigs at Dallas uh, all year, and Joval certainly is one of those that can take advantage of that. I like him a lot here. But I want to see for sure what the rotation is going to be. Dallas started Moses Brown last time out. He didn't do much. You know, then you're going to get some, uh, obviously, uh, Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. But Joe Val in play, one of my favorite centers on the slate at this point. Uh, not a ton of exposure. You know, I may go, if I can make it work, uh, Luca and Joe Val. And just bing, bing, the two big dogs in this game. Uh, really, in my opinion, and and let it ride. But we got to see how the other news breaks out and falls in games like the Heat that are going to be very pivotal on how everything turns out. Dallas is 24th in pace, though. Pelicans 15th, so not something to write home about. Offensive efficiency, Dallas 16, the Pelicans 26. But this is the hopeful part. Defensive efficiency, Dallas 21, 
Pelicans are third for, from last at 28. So it's hard not to have some exposure here. Uh, you know, this game has slate-breaking potential. I like the over in this game, and I think both teams are going to get up and down and score the ball. All right, let's finish this nine-game extravaganza with this solo late game, the Sacramento Kings and the L.A. Clippers. Again, it's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Clippers are favored by 7.5. The total's 215.5. Implied total for Sacramento, 104. The L.A. Clippers, 111.5. Very interesting. This game is going to be rostered pretty heavily, I think. You've got the the Clippers at 8 and 14, or I'm sorry, at 11 and 10, the Kings at 8 and 14. Injuries, we need news on these. Barnes and Harkless, questionable. Bagley, questionable. So you got three guys in their rotation right now, questionable. Clippers cut and dry. Batum, Leonard, Preston out, everybody else in. So, you know, we look at Fox at 8-8. You know, since Gentry took over, he's had some strong games. I've been riding him. Uh, but he's getting a little on and offish here at times. Uh, I still like him. Halliburton at 6'8 can be a good play, depending. Uh, Metu had a terrific game the last time out at 3'8. Rashawn Holmes looked good in his run at 5'8. And then, of course, you have Buddy Hilde at 6'5 and Davion Mitchell at 3'6 that are getting a lot of minutes. All playable guys. Clippers, Reggie at 6K flat and Eric Bledsoe at 4.9, both good prices against a team like the Kings. Paul George is up at 10.2. So again, one of those buy-up options. Certainly usage uh, for him has been terrific and he's pretty safe uh, buy-up guy. Marcus Morris, who I'm a big fan of, is 4.4. Whether he's back enough here to make an impact is what we need to see. You can always go with cheaper options like Zubots at 5-1, Man at 4-6, Kennard at 4-5, and Ibak is starting to get more minutes at 3-5. So, you know, some GPP shots there, but nothing uh, that blows me away. It is the second night of a back-to-back for Sacramento, so that may have something to do, you know, with the line being up at 7.5, and it could affect their rotation a bit, so something to keep an eye on. Um, Sacramento's 14th in pace, the Clippers eighth, So that's solid offensive efficiency, not great. 19 and 25. And then you've got two opposite ends here. Sacramento only 25th in the league in defense, big plus for the Clippers. Clippers are all the way up to second, which is amazing without Kawhi. So that puts a little sting or damper on some of these Sacramento guys. All right. That is it. That gives you a good look at all nine games. Look at the injuries, discussions. Again, we need more of this information as the day goes on. If you want to join us, dfscoachtalk.com. If you want to get in our contest, this is the day. All you have to do to get in the YouTube contest, hit the thumbs up, hit subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, put a little comment. We're going to draw a one-week membership to Coach Talk at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. Same thing on Twitter. If you want to uh, like and retweet when we post this video uh, and then quote the tweet with some comment, you'll also get into a drawing for a free week of Coach Talk. So two opportunities to win those memberships uh, and get involved in our Discord. We'll get you in for tonight's action. 
All right, fantastic. Enjoyed it. Uh, hope this helps you build your lineups. Certainly look forward to being back again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.